$5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wildly, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we talk to the most curious people in an effort to make the world a sexier, more loving place. Our guest today, I'm very excited to talk to once again. She has been a sexy pod host for seven years. Welcome, Layla from The Curious Girl Diaries. Hi, Wyo. I am so glad to be back. Thank you so much for having me again. Oh, I am so excited. You answered this in our previous interview, but for this podcast, I would just like to set a new frame by hearing today your definition of the word sexy. For me, it's like just emanates from the inside out. It's not something specific. It's really a state of mind. It's how you feel. It's how you project. And it's an energy that you bring with you wherever you go. And you can turn it on and turn it off as you need to. Sometimes you don't want to be projecting that because it draws a lot of attention and then other times it's like, oh, yeah, this this light is on. <laughs> okay, so now tell us a little bit about your work. How are you making the world a sexier, more loving place? Well, I hope that what I'm doing, what I want to do, the whole goal is just to inspire conversations, you know, outside of the podcast. I hope that people hear things. I hope they're able to talk to their partners about it. And it makes it easy to broach maybe sometimes uncomfortable subjects. I also hope that people get inspired that are single. They want to do a sex bucket list. They want to, you know, have a journey like I'm having because what I'm doing, anybody can do. And it's really been amazing what I've learned about myself personally through my sexuality. And by really focusing on that, you know, it's going to put everything out there like on steroids. So if you have any insecurities, any hangups, you know, something that you really want to accomplish and do, it makes it that much more fun. And it brings everything to the surface, things you need to work on. And then also it's just very inspiring to me. My sexual creative energy is through the roof. Amazing. Okay. You said you have another new podcast recently, right? Like a private one. I have a private podcast. I start so that I think that's new since we spoke, I started a private podcast. What I'm able to do is I just have, you know, 
one extra episode a week, a lot more spicy. I've been able to do things like take little audio outtakes from actual encounters with my partners. <gasps> like sexy noises and things like sex? Actually me <sighs> in an act. Okay. Yeah, that is hot. hot. Oh my God. Because do you ever record your own video when you're having sex with a partner? Absolutely. And it's so fucking hot. I just yeah. love it. Right. But yeah, what inspired me was a long time ago, I heard somebody on Tumblr this German guy talking to his girlfriend in German and he was dominating her and she was begging to get release. And it was just so erotic and hot. Yeah. And I always remembered that that always stuck out in my head and I'm not really brave enough. Like I don't want to do porn. I don't want to nothing against it. I just, for me, it's like, I don't want that stuff out there, but just these, you know, 30 second audio clips of the noises that I make, I find very sexy. <laughs> and I my partner that. making like, so, you know, I'll do an episode and then I'll do like some bonus content with that in there. And it, it's hot. And I can just keep, I can go also that much deeper because it's private, it's behind a paywall. And I can really kind of get into some of the stuff that, you know, it's just that much more raw. And you're not really sure that you want to share it out there in the public world. So it's just a whole nother level for me to explore and be able to reveal about myself and what I'm experiencing. It's a safe space for me to do it. And so I really love doing it. I fucking love that. That's hot. Do you consider yourself then a sex worker? That is a really good question. I had, I went down the whole rabbit hole for myself. So I'm curious where you fall right now today. There's no right or wrong answer, of course. I mean, you're making me think because I've never, th I've never actually been asked that question. Do I consider myself a sex worker before I would have said, no, I'm not. I'm just someone who's, you know, who shares a message. I talk about sex. I'm not charging for it. But I guess if you, you know, maybe now that I have those little clips in the private podcast, maybe I'm starting to edge that way. Or erotic artist, you know, it's what label feels most comfy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's a really good question. Because <laughs> I'm like, when did I cross the line? Somewhere. Now I'm definitely on that side of it. What like, is a sex here. worker? That's yeah. a really good question. A lot of the definitions I look up are like, well, if you're titillating people on purpose and making money for it, you know, it's some kind of like general. Okay, then, then I'm a sex worker. Yeah. Some of it just has to do with lewdness and obscenity. Yeah. And it's different for everyone. I like it. I'm. It, it's all good to me, but I'm just like curious about how we're all thinking of ourselves and each other. Now, here's a question, though. If you didn't have those erotic audio clips, is just sharing your personal details on the podcast, is that, you know, because it's erotic, it's personal, it's more than like regular people share. But does that count as a sex worker thing once we start like making ads or getting sponsorships or anything like that? I will say no. And I want, and I want to say no. And here's why, because again, as you asked me what my goal is, you know, ultimately my goal is that sex, the way I'm talking in my podcast, as open as I am, that that becomes normal. Yeah. That we get to a point where everybody can talk about sex, any aspect with anybody, you know, obviously age appropriate, you know, no, not with minor children, but just, you know, that it's so natural and normal we've removed the stigma from it and the secrecy. And that's where I think where all this weirdness comes from. Yeah. So once we lift that, you know, we're good. Yeah. Also by that definition, I don't think I counted as a sex worker when I started posting pictures as a shave head naked girl, because I was trying to just normalize that. But then again, I was trying to normalize it as naked. 
I'm not sure. Okay. Well, <laughs> how about you tell us now, what are some of the reactions you've gotten over the years when you've told people about the sexy work that you do? You know, I've stayed anonymous. And what I've done is I've kept a lot of that private from kind of what you want to call, I guess, my real life, maybe. But the people that do know, they think it's very cool. Like, they don't have a problem with it. I think it's very cool, too. Like, when I tell people, oh, I have a podcast, you know, like, sometimes I'll meet random strangers and I'm like, well, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I have a podcast to talk about my sex life. They're like, oh, you know, like, everybody thinks that's really neat and interesting. And they're like, where can I listen to it? And then, you know, they find it fascinating what I've been doing. So I, it usually is met with good responses. I can't really think of a time where somebody went, oh, you know, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. No. What are the circumstances when you're meeting someone kind of like out in the world that you find yourself sharing? Oh, I have a podcast where I talk about my sex life. You know, you wouldn't do that like in a business setting, obviously, but generally just when I meet somebody and if I'm vibing with them and I feel like they're receptive and it doesn't have to be like that we're interested in each other in any way. It just, you know, I think, Hey, this is a cool person. And I feel like they would appreciate it and also maybe benefit from it by listening. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of my little litmus test. (laughs) Have any of them ever like contacted you after the fact and been like, I I found it, I listened or is it it just sort of like that kiss that as you travel through the world? People, yeah, they follow up. And what I love is the following that I have now and the community that I've built. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm I'm also expanding my private podcast right now. I'm building a community for it, which should be out at the end of the month (gasps) where I can do lives in there and just get closer to, you know, the people whose lives that I touch and that are really touching mine by sending me their feedback. I love to have it be, like I said, something that's just normal and that everybody's on board with and it's entertaining and fun, but it's also thought provoking. You know, I've got some listeners that it's really changed their lives. And you you get these emails and these voicemails and I'm like, this is amazing. I can't believe that little old me, that episode I did, or just listening to it throughout the years has inspired you. And, you know, you've changed your life and your sex life is better and better than it's ever been. And, you know, and and people are just generally happy. Amazing. Okay. So now tell us, what is your professional origin story? How did you come to be a curious girl with a podcast? So it was just me waking up one day and saying, what the fuck am I doing? I have not had sex in three and a half years. This is nuts. And I just, I I literally like hit me like a bolt of lightning. I was getting out of the shower and I think I was trying myself off, you know, kind of checking myself. I'm like, yeah, not bad, not bad. You know, like, and then I was just like, no one's getting the benefit of this. I am wasting the pretty. What am I doing? And I'm like, I need physical touch. I need to get out there. I, this, this is not going to work for me. And I really had to question why I was, why I had done that. You know, how did that happen? It was strange, you know, like, geez, this isn't normal. And so I put my business hat on because I was all about business and said, you got a problem. How are we going to solve it? You need massive action. Laid out my, you know, laid out my plan at my sex bucket list and gave myself a time frame, and was just like, and I want to document it. I'm really curious about you know, who's this, who's this going to, am I going to be a sexual deviant? Like who's this making me at the end of all this? And so I was really curious about making sure that I, you know, did a podcast so I could see the progression. And it's been amazing actually to have all of that data and to, to hear the difference in me and how I've changed. Yeah. 
it's I and I, and to, and it was I laughed to think I was thinking I'm going to do this for a year, and then I'm going to stop. I'm just going to and I'm going to do it anonymously so I can sneak back to my regular life and you know that'll be that. <laughs> like I'll have that adventure story, but, but it's not going to change me at all. You know, like, and yeah, it, yeah. it blew the doors off, you know, like totally. really literally. It, oh man, I relate to that so hard. And I have a couple follow-up questions. Cause like, I think when I started, I was like, yeah, so I'll just be a person that can, you know, help other people practice talking about sex. Plus I love sex stories, not realizing how it would like spiral out of control to take over my whole own life. And then I, I distinctly remember the moment when one of my listeners wrote to me about you and I had you on a list to like invite you to collaborate for like a year or two before you finally actually reached out to me initially. And I remember like looking at your stuff and going through your stuff because I too am like a documenter and a story lover and a collector. And so when I found your stuff, I was like, that's so fucking cool. And I think what I'm curious about is how many bucket list items, like you give yourself a time frame. <laughs> How did you like decide how much stuff to do in what amount of time and what time frame? Well, I figured that a year was a good amount of time because that's enough to really have some big changes and have a lot of, like I said, you know, data. I was interested in the data, like what's going to happen. And, you know, but I knew in order to keep myself interested, right, you have to have enough stuff that's exciting and fun and challenging. And so I just started to think about, well, all right, now I'm, I'm, obviously the subject of sex. So what do I want to do? What's always turned me on that I haven't had a chance to do that I think is remotely hot fantasies, things like that. And so I just made a list and went after it. But what ended up happening is once you cross something off, you usually don't cross something off without adding something new because yeah. it's always just the fact that you put yourself in that position and that you're open something really cool is going to happen. And, and a lot of times it's something that you never knew that you would even be interested in. Totally. It just comes out, you know, and you're like, whoa, I did not know that was hot, but damn it, I got to do that again. Or, you know, and it just, it's like a rabbit hole. One door, you know, all these, you open one door and then there's 10 more to totally. go down, you know, it's yeah. very fun. And can you tell our listeners how you were like, were you leading, looking for dates with your bucket list or were you finding dates and then letting them know about your bucket list or was it all opportunistically? Like, what was your method? Yeah. So I just went out there and got on a bunch of, you know, dating apps and I said, you know, I'm scratching things off my sex bucket list and, you know, let me know if you'd want to come. Yeah. That was my pro. Just like, this is what I'm doing. I basically kind of said, yeah, I'm just out there exploring, scratching things off my list, my sex bucket list. And, you know, I just want to meet open-minded people who are interested in doing the same. That was it. I didn't say what was on my list, but it just made the communication aspect so much easier and lighthearted, you know, that we, we could talk about what we wanted to do. It's like, we're locking arms together. We're going off on this sexy, hot adventure. And, you know, we're going to do this stuff it takes kind of the awkwardness and the pressure, you know, about, Oh, this is what I like and how my body works. Like, no, here's my bucket list. Like, this is what I want to do. And, you know, it just, it felt very natural around a subject that is kind of unnatural for us as humans to be, you know, open about. I love that. So where would you like to see your work lead next? This is the exciting part. So I, and this is kind of like, I'm giving you a little look behind the kimono here. Uh, what I'm working on, Wyo, is, yes, is that I want to bring on curious girls from different parts of 
the world. And so I have one lady and she wants to do it. We're working right now on the contractual part of it. But, you know, I really just want to inspire this whole like troop of curious girls. And, you know, she's going to do what I did and, you know, have her own podcast. You know, it'll be under the Curious Girl brand. It'll be Curious Girl, you know, uh, Atlanta or Curious Girl Miami or, you know, wherever, wherever she's located. And it'll just be her own adventures, you know, kind of following the same protocol that I did, but, you know, loosely, right? Because yeah. it's her adventure. Amazing. And then podcasting about it. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. <gasps> yeah. I mean, I'm one person, right? So I need, I need an army. It's going to yeah. take a lot to turn the tide on sexuality, you know, and it's not going to happen overnight and it's not going to, I just, you know, hopefully in my lifetime, I see, I've already seen, I've already seen it start to change even from seven years ago, which is exciting. I really want to be a part of that. So that's going to be my contribution. Fuck yeah. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health. But if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Could you tell us now what are the parts of your work that for you today feel the sexiest, the juiciest, and then the parts that are like maybe least sexy that people wouldn't necessarily suspect? Uh, let's see. The parts that are the sexiest. Well, obviously the sex. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> I don't want to assume, but I'm yeah. so glad to hear that. <laughs> oh, God. Just it's the sex, Wyo. It's just like all of this fun. It's so liberating, you know, and especially as a woman, you know, because our bodies are designed for pleasure. The clitoris is the only organ that is strictly for pleasure. And we as women get it. It's not just the little bulb. They look like lungs, you know, like they've got branches and they go everywhere. And that's why we're wired so differently. We can orgasm so many different ways. And I've discovered that, you know, through my, just through my adventures, like yeah. all the different ways that I can have pleasure. And it's amazing. It's just amazing. I feel like so, whew, like I have been given this gift. <laughs> you know, I'm going to ride the wheels off of it. <laughs> like, 
I'm going to use every toy, every penis, every partner, you know, and just, and have a great time, you know, and a way that it teaches me about myself. Because like I said, if you have a hang up or an issue, nothing's going to bring that to the table faster than, you know, sexuality, like being naked with another human being. Then the other stuff, the figurative things are naked too. And it just helps, you know, for me to be able to say, being that vulnerable surprisingly helps me be less vulnerable because I'm willing to say in that moment, like, oh my gosh, you know, like this is what's coming up for me. Or even after the fact I was feeling like this or somebody like is a great lover and they're just knocking my socks off. And I'm like, whoa, the way you touched me, the way you had command of my body, the way, you know, you gave me all this pleasure was phenomenal. (laughs) Like, well, let's do that again. And then the the least sexy parts are the censorship. And it's okay that big business wants to advertise in a certain way because we're always being sold, you know, to by through sex and sexuality and, you know, these, whether it's very overt or subtle, that's okay. You know, if you're a big company paying big bucks, social media and a lot of other places, nobody's going to say anything about it. But if you want to post, you know, like a picture of a girl licking, you know, an ice cream cone, then that's going to get censored. Oh no, that's, you know, that's suggesting something or even just, you know, a couple hugging a certain way, even though they they can be fully clothed, you know, but it's like, oh, this needs a label. It should be mature, labeled mature content. I'm like, what is mature about that? What is mature about people embracing? That's a good moment. Why, Why can't we all celebrate that? Yeah, I think that is such a good point that you make. And I really, truly think it is very unsexy that it's oftentimes the educators and the people who have the most information to share about sex that could help end some of these cycles of shame and violence that get squished down because the marketing gets prioritized. Like that's the saddest, least sexy thing I can imagine. It boggles my mind, you know, I mean, let alone little old me who just, you know, is just talking about her life. You know, there's people out there that they have messages and they have medical things to share that people need to hear and they can't even do it. And I think that I just think that's really wrong. Yeah. Well, I also want to just say that I think that you were a person who is sharing the emotional components of your experience through this sex. I think any of us who are doing that, that's just as important as biological facts. Like we need both the social aspects and the actual information about how to take care of our bodies. They're both important. On a similar but slightly more specific note, Can you tell us about any standout shame-related experiences that have either been like kind of silly or funny or like face palmy in the course of your doing the work that you do? Fortunately, there haven't been too many weird incidences. For the most part, people are generally excited about it and fascinated by it. And, you know, aside from the corporate side, you know, where you have to deal with the censorship, people are great with the sex stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So now I would love to hear how has your own sex related work influenced your personal life? And especially what I'm keen to know is like, has your podcast self informed any of your like personal life fuckings or has it just been like energetically influential? Like I've had a lot of feedback and I'm just curious what you've gone through in seven years. (laughs) I mean, it's like night and day. First of all, I wasn't even having sex. There was no feedback. It was like desert. (laughs) It's a wasteland. There was nothing going on. And it has changed me. It's 
gotten me in touch with just different sides of myself that I didn't even know were there. Things that helped me sort of make sense of certain relationships and why it wouldn't work out with certain people versus, you know, why I was then drawn to other people. And I just couldn't really like understand all that. It has been, like I said, the one thing that I've done that's given me the most personal growth overall. Yeah. I'm just so grateful for it. And that's why I'm just, that's why I'm shouting it from the rooftops. That's why I'm still doing it seven years later. Cause I'm like, everybody needs to experience this. Like yeah. it's so great. Sex is so phenomenal. If you're bored with your sex life, like there is absolutely no need for that. There is so much out there and, and, and there's so much under the sexuality umbrella. It's not just penis to vagina. You know, there's just so many things to explore and do and what it brings out in you and how the way it touches you is brings out these emotions and like epiphanies about yourself and the bond and the connection that you can actually have with another human being. It's better than you've ever heard about in some stupid fucking Disney movie, you know, or, you know, or the way you've ever seen it portrayed through actors or on the big screen. I mean, it really is something to experience. I just think that a lot of people aren't really truly living unless they can get to this, mm. like get to this place within themselves and then share so much of themselves through sexuality. It really, it's mind blowing for me. Yeah. Do you have a specific example of something in your work life that has led to something in your personal life that was super hot? Probably the biggest push that I've gotten in the growth department has been from exploring BDSM. Just being able to have that much trust and connection with another human being. The levels of deep that you can go and I don't even know how to explain it, but like the connected energy. I've never, you know, people are like, well, like energy and like, oh, that sounds so woo woo. It's true. Like you literally can be on the same frequency with someone else when you're so connected in a sex act that it's just this, it's just this exchange of energy back and forth and you're both fully immersed in it. It's like nothing else. And I don't have an outlet for that right now, unfortunately, but what I am doing that's exploring the other side of the coin is I now am practicing being someone's dominant. <gasps> and I have to tell you that is now the full circle. That's the full evolution of it. I never thought of it that way, but now because I'm able to, I have to step into those shoes. I understand so much more about it because I'm I, now I'm the one that has to you know, I have to bring the creative energy. I have to be on point. I have to be thinking about my submissive and what he's going through and what he needs. It's always very intertwined. And so like, I have these revelations as I'm doing this about like, holy shit, like my dominant had to do all this. Whoa. Like yeah. he did all this for me. This is a lot. Mm. Like there's so much that goes into it. And it's like, I just keep rediscovering what I love about this stuff so much by stepping into the, you know, the looking at the other side of the coin and stepping into some different shoes. And it's amazing the crazy creativity that comes from it. 
I can wear that for a while. Like I don't have to be that all the time, the dominant side. Like I know in my heart of hearts that, you know, my lane is the submissive, but to have that full appreciation and fully kind of like actualize it, I needed to get on the other side so I could fully understand it better. And, you know, just like I said, like the revelations about it just kind of keep coming and coming. And it's like, wow. I love that. I love that you're learning how to be in charge. Can I just tell you why the groans and the sounds that come out of that man, mm-hmm. the things that like I'm pulling out of him and the begging. Oh, God, <gasps> the begging is so hot. <laughs> what does he call you? You know, what's funny. He asked me in the very beginning, he's like, how should I refer to you? You know, and he's like, do you want me to call you mistress? And this is when we very first started and we haven't been doing it. It's been about, we're, we're about a month into it. And I said, no, just, you can just call me Layla. But now it's like, I feel that I've earned it. And I feel like <gasps> you will call me mistress. Ah, I love it. I could totally see you as a mistress. Yes. So, okay. You're kind of like me in that, you know, your podcast contain it's work, but it also contains a lot of your personal. So how do you understand your work life, personal life? boundaries? Do you have them? Do you want them? Or is it just like clear and understood? Like, how do you conceive of it? It wasn't intentional. I would probably say I lucked my way into this, but I'm glad I did it. I had the forethought to stay anonymous. That was really because I thought I'm going to only do this for a year. This is, you know, I'm going to fade into the background and this is something I'm doing for me personally. So I want to stay anonymous because I just don't want this to follow me. Well, as I kept going with it and stayed anonymous, the benefit that I got is that my worlds are separated. Mm -hmm. I know where the boundaries are and the clear lines are. And so I don't get confused about it. And when I want it to play more of a role, it does. And when I want to just be going to the supermarket, you know, like not even brushing my teeth or what, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? I didn't wash my face or whatever, like looking kind of erect. I I don't worry like, oh God, I got to go, you know, I have to be something or something out there because I do this podcast or anything like that. It just, everything is very nice and neatly compartmentalized for me. And I'm so blessed really because of that. Yeah. Has doing sex related professional work affected the way that you communicate around boundaries with the people you work with? I think you have like an editor and you sometimes work with sponsors and things like, does it come up at all or does it matter? Has it been influenced by your sex work at all? When I'm talking to them, like I'm just my normal businesswoman self. Okay. But you, but like you have to give an editor a note like, Oh, cut the part about me and the gangbang. That was too much. Or like, does, is it just straightforward or does that ever come up? Very straightforward. I feel very comfortable discussing this stuff. I mean, because the way you hear me talk about it in the podcast, that is how I will talk to anybody about it. That That yeah. is my genuine comfort level. So that. even when I'm not, like, people don't know that I have a podcast, if I sit down and talk to a group of women about sex that don't know me, you're going to hear the same stuff. Yeah. Okay, so zooming out a little bit, what would you say that you've learned about social and cultural norms, aside from some of the weird shame and censorship stuff that we talked about, through the work that you're doing that you found surprising? I think what I have found the most surprising, just observing this over the years and all of the feedback that I've gotten from my listeners is how little communication there is with couples, long-term couples, you know, whether they're married or just partnered up. I find it shocking 
<laughs> really, really do that. You know, we plan, if you think about it, when you're going to be coupling up with someone, let's say marrying them, you know, you, you're talking about your finances, your long-term goals, like all these aspects of how your life is going to go together, but you don't ever discuss the sex. You don't say, you know, Hey, my sex drive is here. Yours is there. What are we going to do if we face issues around sex? What if one of us changes? What if we become a mismatched libido scenario? What if it's a dead bedroom? Do you feel like you own my sexuality? Do I feel like I own your sexuality? Is it only for me? What parts of you are only for me? How do we want to handle this, that, or the other? And, you know, it's like you can get couples counseling and premarital counseling, but I think you should have six months of sexual counseling and therapy before you can get a marriage license. That'd be delicious. I love that idea. Yeah. And that's such a good point that you raise. It's very interesting that people will collaborate on what do we want our house to look like? What do we want the next, you know, five or 10 years, but they won't collaborate on like, how do we want to grow together sexually and be satisfied and experience pleasure? That's that's interesting. Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. And they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice. So I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Floor and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Floor's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Floor App celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Floor invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Floor now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. So that sounds like a cultural norm maybe you would like to shift. Is that true? And or are there any other cultural norms you would like like to to shift? Let me just be very clear here, Wyo. I don't just want to shift it. I want to blow that son of a bitch up. Like, I feel like it is the most ridiculous thing that we do to ourselves as adults. We are grown-ups. Yeah. We need to be able to have these conversations. We deserve pleasure. We, you deserve pleasure. I mean, I, you know, I hear people that haven't had a blowjob ever in their marriage. I hear, you know, men that just like, my, I haven't had sex in 15 years. My wife just, just unilaterally decided, or, or not, and not just the women, but it could be the other way around. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I get men reaching out to me that are having affairs and want to have affairs. I'm like, why? Okay. There's an issue. Why can't you talk to your spouse about this? Oh no, I can't tell her that, you know, that this is important to me. What? You just told me a complete stranger. Why can't you not tell like your person in life who you are going to between now and dead spend your life with? Why can't you tell them what is going on here? 
Like this is, to me, it's crazy. So I want us to get off the crazy train. I want us all to get off the crazy train. <laughs> totally. I mean, I, I hear from a lot of people who are very much in relationships where they're afraid of being judged. And I also have had a couple of listeners that were like, I told my partner exactly what I wanted after listening to your podcast and now we're divorced. And they're happy about, you know, but it's but it's also like that that is the risk when we don't have those clear conversations up front. But I'm with yeah. you on the blowing it up and making sure that we're actually feeling good. So, okay, this is kind of in the same vein, but maybe a little more specific. Have you noticed any specific sexual trends over the course of your work? Maybe I'm just more aware, but I have seen this huge uptick in ethical non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. And I think it's fantastic. I am currently in a throuple. And <gasps> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, remember, because last time we talked, I hadn't had, of all things, I hadn't had a threesome. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I like, <gasps> couldn't find the right couple, right? Just never felt right. And now I know why. I know why. Because everybody that I was encountering, they just really wanted to to sort of use me as an accessory. Yeah, the unicorn Unicorn scenario. hole. <laughs> my unicorn hole. They want to use my unicorn hole for just, you know, like their one night of pleasure. And I guess it would, seems odd because, you know, I can have, you know, casual sex, but it felt so impersonal. Maybe it felt equal when it was me and someone else. Okay, we're just going to do this. But when it was two people, I was like, that just doesn't sit right with me. You know, I'm yeah. not a Band-Aid for your relationship. And I met this great couple who they were having a hard time finding someone because they want a connection. And I was just like, I fucking love connections. That's the, that's when the sex is off the charts. So totally. I've been, you know, seeing them and uh, since I think around December and it's just, we are having so much fun and I really, I admire them. Their relationship is spot on. They're so strong and connected and they make me feel so included. And oh. I, I just love that. Right. I mean, it feels really good. So Amazing. yeah, that is awesome. Awesome. I am a big fan of the non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy trend. What else would you say that you would like to celebrate the most about your work and or personal life right now? Like as it pertains to what you're doing? I just, you know, I did a did an episode earlier this month that came out and I was really saying like, I just feel right now, I feel really good. You know, I just feel really at peace and grounded and good about the dynamics that I'm involved in. Wow. I just feel really content and I'm enjoying it. I'm just riding that wave. It's just, you know, I've got my submissive guy and, you know, and my couple and I feel pretty happy. That's <laughs> amazing. It. Aside from that, is there anything else that you want to explore bucket list wise, work wise? Oh, there's always, I mean, yes, there's just, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's fun now. So I have a, like a separate bucket list with his name's Nico. I have a separate bucket list with Nico. And then I do, you know, with Jack and Jill, that's the mm -hmm. couple. Ooh. I call them Jack and Jill. <laughs> I love that. I, know, I give everybody a nickname, right? So they can stay anonymous, but just like, I'd never really done this, like buddied up. And now I have a, you know, a collaborative bucket list with Nico and, you know, and Jack and Jill, we don't have anything written down, but we're always discussing fantasies and things that we want to do. And then we do them, you know, we make it happen. Like we make, you know, an effort to make that happen. And it's always so, it's so much hotter than my imagination. You know, like when it's actually happening, 
holy shit. And so I, yeah, I mean, I just right now, like I literally feel like what, okay, wh- is the other shoe going to drop? Like what's going to happen? Like <laughs> me, because I'm just so oh, satisfied right now. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Okay. So if you could wave a magic wand and teach everyone in the world, something about sex, what would it be? How do we get Ooh. everyone to that level of satisfaction? How do we? Yeah. If I could wave my magic wand, I would just have instilled in everybody at birth that they deserve and are absolutely worthy of pleasure and that phenomenal sex is your birthright. Mm. You are supposed to have it Love. and it is supposed to be amazing. I'd like to wrap up with a fantasy brainstorm question. Okay. Imagine there's a creative space that is part sex ed museum, part erotic gallery. It has a secret members-only dungeon down below that doubles as a co-working space or a set for erotic performers and models during the weekdays. And the whole place has educational workshops on weeknights, and then it has afternoon delight parties on the weekend. So it's a magical, creative, sexy space. You have been tasked with designing one of the rooms. It can represent you, promote the Curious Girl Diaries, be an experience that you want people to have that reflects your values, and you have an unlimited budget. What is the Layla room like? Wow. That's a lot, Wyo. Oh, my God. So now, you are the queen of creativity. Like, I have to ruminate on this stuff. So. Yeah, take your time. I just love fantasy questions. Let me, I know, let me sort of, like, birth this, like, live and in real time. I would think See, it's hard. Like, do, do I want like this threesome fantasy, you know, multiple partner scenario? Oh, you can split it up into multiple rooms if you need. This oh. is a ongoing spiral, giant spiral, like just biggest possible brainstorm. What would you love? Okay. I love the threesome room idea. <laughs> the threesome. Okay. So the threesome room, because when you experience sex with more than one person, it completely shifts it and changes it you're a part of something bigger and all of that hot, sexy, juicy energy. It's not just going in a circle. Now it's like triangulating and it doesn't just happen to be because you're the one that's getting all the attention. Like, you know, the first time, like I looked over and I saw a pussy up close and in my face and I saw her having an orgasm. It was like, I've never seen another woman have an orgasm. Holy shit. Like watching her, I mean, obviously porn. I'm talking like real life. Yeah, yeah. Like it's different. She's getting off on watching me with her fiance, and she's just right there, and you can feel her shaking, the vibration. It's so freaking powerful. And then when I watch them, I feel the same. Like I want to. Con- I'm constantly. Somebody's always touching someone. I would love for people to experience that full immersion of what it's like to have that type of sexual energy exchange when everybody's on the same page, fully comfortable, fully accepting of their bodies, their nakedness, their hot sexiness. And it's just oozing all over the room. That's what I would love for people to have. The other room would be my dungeon. For my little sub, for Nico, and he's not little, by the way. Um, <laughs> he is this, God, he's sexy. Wow. He's this tall, professional soccer player, and he's just muscular and all man. 
you know, out there are all testosterone, right? But he submits to me. He surrenders his orgasms to me. I get to bring him to pleasure or not. He does not get to touch himself. He'll probably be in this scenario. He'll have his cock cage on and I'll be teasing him mercilessly. And he's probably got to give me like hmm, at least four or five orgasms before I'll even start to tease and deny him. And then when the tease and denial starts, that's when all of his begging and groaning and all that starts to happen. And it's very hot and juicy and it's just palpable. You can feel it. And I love it. I would love for someone to know what it feels like or to have an understanding of what it feels like to completely surrender to someone else and be yeah. in their control. Yeah. Yeah. I'm imagining your spaces each have a soundtrack of yours playing in the background. Like the threesome room has like you and the couple just like making hot noises, like on loop for hours. Oh. And then the oh, dungeon yeah. has you and your submissive just begging. <laughs> um, are you more like classic dungeon? Like, are you dark dungeon style? Like leather? Like what are your aesthetic vibes? And like, what makes a good space for a threesome, you know? Oh, what makes a good space for a threesome? Lots of toys. Yeah. Okay. So the threesome room has lots of toys everywhere. Easily lots accessible. Lots of toys. A really big bed with a sex cover. Yeah. <laughs> Those are understated. Like, wow. Now that I'm with them, I'm like, we really, I need to get, what do they call it? Like, it's like, it's a sex, I, I want to say sex cover, but I'm not using the right word. Um, like a waterproof sheets. They actually sell like a sex sheet. Yeah. And you roll it out. It's <laughs> comfortable and fuzzy and put it over your bed. And I mean, because- Fluids are going to be flying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the fluids will fly. <laughs> fluids will and, fly. And then in your dungeon, are you pretty, like, classic? Does it have classroom flavor? Like, I could see with your cat eye glasses, you know, going a little bit in the direction of, like, scholarly teacher dungeon. I don't know. I could definitely do that, like, scholar or naughty librarian. Yeah. I think I'm, I think I'm a naughty librarian, and my desk doubles as a milking table. And <gasps> get your on that milking table because I'm about ready to just tease the shit out of your prostate to where you just think you can't even stand it anymore and <laughs> milk the hell out of you. Fucking <laughs> gonna... <laughs> the fluids are flying because she's milking the hell out of you. <laughs> the fluids are going to fly. Yeah, that's for sure. If they're not, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my God. Layla, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet. Everybody, they can, super easy. You can find me at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. From there, you can link to all my social medias, all of the syndicators of my podcast. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts. You can even ask your Alexa device to play my podcast. It will. There's no shortage of ways to listen. I put episodes on my website as well. All my social media links are on my podcast. You can leave me a voicemail. I love hearing from you guys. I love feedback. I get back to everybody personally. You've got five minutes. Just let it rip. What Anything and everything you want to talk about. I've got a free sex bucket list tutorial on my website. If you want to just take that, you want to get creative and you're not sure like which way to go, I can walk you through it. It only takes about 45 minutes or an hour. And then I also have my private podcast, which is now going to be expanding at the end of March into the curious community where, you know, you can just interact with me and all kinds of like-minded people, you know, kind of in a safe space where no public eyes are on you and uh, we can just explore from there. Ah, mm. 
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.